Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of BBP News. I'm Nicholas Rod. Chris Baker's here with me, and we are back for another Friday morning episode. Chris, start us off in the normal Friday morning fashion by giving us the weather headed into this weekend. In Los Angeles, California, it is partly cloudy, 75, with a partly cloudy weekend. In Houston, Texas, it is sunny, 87, with rain moving in for Sunday. In Chicago, Illinois, it is mostly sunny, 59, with a mostly sunny weekend. And in New York City, it is sunny, 68. With a sunny weekend. Well, it's nice to be back, Chris, here for another news episode. We're finally uh, back here together after a couple of weeks of juggling a little bit. Um, you, you know, you, it was nice being separate. You know, it, you seem to survive uh, on Monday, which I'm proud of you for. Uh, you sound like you doubted me. Never. Never. I could never doubt you. Uh <laughs> But no, everything seemed to go great, but I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be back. I miss being here with you guys. Uh, anyways, we got lots of news to get into this week. Uh, starting out with, we got a sneak peek in the so-called simple application for student loan forgiveness this week. The Department of Education released a sneak peek video to the White House's Twitter account, and it previews the application and what it will look like. And it appears to only require the basics, name, social security number, birthday, phone number, email, and your signature that certifies under penalty of perjury that all the info that you provided is accurate. You don't need any supporting documents or even your federal student aid ID. No, if you actually qualify, the Department of Education already has that information on file, and the application will be available in both English and Spanish and on both mobile and desktop devices. After the application is submitted, the Department of Education and federal student aid will review your application to determine your eligibility for that relief and work with your loan servicer to process that relief. The question is, when is this going to be available? And the answer, according to the Department of Education, is later this month. Once it's up and running, you'll have until December 31st, 2023 to fill it out. As of now, we are less than a month away from the midterm elections. At the same time, a very important Republican leader endorsed a bill that would make it more difficult to overturn election results when it comes to presidential elections. That means the legislation could have a very good chance of becoming law. The bill I'm talking about is technically two bills, the Presidential Transition Improvement Act and the Electoral Count Reform Act. These are bipartisan bills in the Senate, and as of last week were, quote, proudly supported by Republican Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. So what would these bills do? Overall, they would reform the Electoral Count Act of 1887. That's the law that governs how Congress certifies the election. I know this is going way back, but we actually told you about this and how the Electoral College works back in a December 2020 episode. So these bills would do several things, include provide clear guidelines for the transfer of power between election day and inauguration, and gives guidance on what should happen if neither candidate concedes. 
They clearly verify that the vice president's role in certifying the election on January 6th is purely ceremonial. He or she has no power to reject or replace slates of electors. It also says that under no circumstances will Congress accept slates of electors unless they come from the governor. No, quote, alternate slates will be allowed. It strikes a provision of an archaic 1845 law that could be used by state legislatures to override the popular vote in their state by declaring a, quote, failed election. And most interestingly, it would raise the bar for members of Congress to formally object to a slate of electors. Instead of only needing one Congress member and one senator to team up to formally object a state slate of electors as it is now, this change would require one-fifth of the members in the House and one-fifth of the members in the Senate on board to officially object to a state's slate of electors. We told you these bills were bipartisan, and we're not kidding, as they have as many Republican co-sponsors as Democratic co-sponsors. And with McConnell now on board, the Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer is talking about getting these bills on the floor for a vote right after the midterms. The Department of Justice wants the Supreme Court to stay out of it when it comes to those classified documents seized by the FBI during the search of Mar-a-Lago. And they said the district court judge who initially allowed the special master to see them really messed it up. Well, that isn't exactly what they said, but that sums it up. But the bottom line in this week's brand new filing is the Department of Justice says those specific hundred documents are the government's property, not the former president's. They say the district court judge Cannon got it wrong for allowing the special master to look at them in the Supreme Court should side with the appeals court instead. In case you missed it, we told you last week that the 11th Circuit three-judge appellate court panel agreed with the Justice Department and said that there's no reason for the special master and the former president and his team to have access to those particular documents. We should know whether the Supreme Court will even take up this case fairly quickly. The former president needs five of the justices to agree to hear it, or they can simply say that they are not taking up the case, and the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals ruling would stand. You may have heard... Uh, the former president at his rally over the weekend in Arizona accused three former presidents, Republican George H.W. Bush and George W. Bush and Democrat Bill Clinton of taking, quote, millions of documents, end quote, and storing them in unsecure locations, including a Chinese restaurant, a bowling alley, and a car dealership. This week, the National Archives and Records Administration resoundingly rejected those claims, saying that it moved the records to those former presidents to temporary facilities located near future presidential libraries. Quote, all such temporary facilities met strict archival and security standards and have been managed and staffed exclusively by the NARA employees, the agency said in a statement. The federal agency went on to say without mentioning Trump that any statements otherwise are, quote, false and misleading. 
As we reported earlier, the former president is under criminal investigation for taking almost 11,000 documents to Mar-a-Lago after he left office. The National Archives and the Department of Justice claim those documents, which include at least 100 highly sensitive top secret documents, belong to the federal government. In Connecticut, Jerry decided Alex Jones will have to pay close to $1 billion for the defamation, both past and future and emotional distress, both past and future of families of victims of Sandy Hook massacre. Almost immediately after the horrific attack on the school in 2012 that resulted in the murder of 20 elementary school kids and six educators, Jones started to publicly on his show that it was a hoax orchestrated by the federal government and the kids who died and their parents were just crisis actors. Several families sued over the distress those lies caused and a judge agreed that Jones was liable for the defamation and slander. Today, the Connecticut jury came to a unanimous decision to award 15 total plaintiffs from eight different families and one FBI agent damages for the amount of 120 million 55 million 54 million 28 million 57 million 72 million 81 million 53 million 48 million 86 million 57 million 68 million 90 million 76 million 36 million that's a total of about 965 million dollars Alex Jones refused to be in the courtroom for this civil trial and instead was represented by a lawyer. The state of Jones's finances is murky. In another trial in Texas, a forensic economist hired by the plaintiff estimated that Jones and his company have a net worth of up to $270 million. That forensic economist also said that Jones withdrew $62 million in 2021. Jones has said that his businesses are struggling Earlier this year, InfoWars and its parent company, Free Speech Systems, filed for bankruptcy protection. The attorneys for Jones say they will appeal this decision, and while the jury was delivering their decision, Jones was on the air, mocking them, saying that he has no money. The CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, recommended kids get boosted after the FDA authorized the updated Pfizer biotech booster for kids ages 5 through 11 and Moderna's for those aged 6 through 17. The doses are smaller for younger children and target Omicron, BA4, and BA5 strains. U.S. health officials want to protect the population before a potential surge in COVID-19 cases in the fall and winter as people spend more time indoors. The head of one of the biggest banks, J.P. Morgan, said the United States and the global economy could tip into a recession by the middle of next year. J.P. Morgan Chief Executive Jamie Dimon spoke exclusively to CNBC about it yesterday. He also said the current U.S. economy is, quote, actually still doing well, end quote, but runaway inflation, big interest rate hikes, the Russian invasion of Ukraine, and the unknown effects of the Federal Reserve tightening policy are among the indicators of a possible recession. Quote, they are very, very serious things, which I think are likely to push the U.S. and the world. I mean, Europe is already in a recession, and they're likely to put the U.S. in some kind of recession six to nine months from now, Diamond said. 
His comments come as the big U.S. banks are set to report their third quarter earnings on Friday. If you are interested, we link the full CNBC report below in the show notes. Thursday and Friday are busy news days, so you will want to come back Monday for some important stories that are coming out today and yesterday. The January 6th House Select Committee, um, possibly their final public hearing, was held Thursday with no in-person witnesses. September inflation report released also came out. Cost of living adjustment announcement for Social Security recipients. Expiration of the National Public Health Emergency for COVID-19, though the Biden administration is expected to extend it again. Getting into rapid news, two officers were killed and a third seriously wounded in a shooting late Wednesday night in Bristol, Connecticut, police said. A member of the Oath Keepers told a jury that members had put together a large weapons cache in a Virginia hotel room the night before rioters attacked the Capitol on January 6, 2021. Nick, what do you got for this Friday's good news? Okay, so my story for today revolves around uh, kind of uh, an international celebrity story, actually. Uh, If you follow soccer at all or English soccer or anything like that, you might know the name Harry Kane. He is the captain of the English national soccer team and the captain for the team Tottenham Hotspurs. But... He has started his own foundation for uh, kids and for young teenagers when they need counseling but maybe can't afford it or uh, those that don't feel comfortable really speaking to anyone else about the things that they're going through. And it really started for him as he was growing up and had a very hard time uh, finding a team that would play him during the season as he was coming up as a young teenager. He was never given time on the field. He was always told uh, that he wasn't good enough and really had no one to go to for it. So he wanted to promote uh, an increase in, in mental health for teenagers and those dealing with these kinds of issues that they don't feel uh, comfortable talking to anyone else about. So he's sponsoring a lot of these foundations and, and, giving donations to a lot of these foundations through his own uh, that go towards, you know, anonymous free uh, tip lines that you can call for free counseling and for things like that. So just a really cool uh, story from from someone who is so big on the international stage, the international, international sports stage. That is an awesome good news story, Nick. Um, That is the end of this Friday morning news episode. We will both be back here Sunday morning for what to expect for the week of October 16th. And then, of course, Monday morning with a news episode. But until then, have a great start to your weekend, everybody. Bye, guys.